but 50 years ago or more, we didn't get nothing. We didn't get no recognition. All of that fighting we did going through, all that stacking, swamp war and stuff like that, getting shoot at and all like that, we didn't get nothing. A hard way to go. Hi fam, and welcome to Afros, Locks, and Biz, the podcast celebrating natural hair, black hair culture, community, and the business of black hair. Hi, I'm Tia. And I'm Charles. Welcome to Afro's Locks and Biz. Uh, this episode is our special Father's Day episode. And we're going to be talking about Father's Day and dads and being a dad and talking about our dads. And so we're really looking forward to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, you. Hi, Charles. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, you know, trying to maintain, trying to you know keep these kids entertained, trying to stave mm-hmm. off the quarantine fatigue. You know. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, it's the quarantine thirty right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Father's Day. It's Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's only a United States thing, but uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's Father's Day weekend, so it's Dad's weekend. Shout out to all the dads out there. Uh, yeah, I'm a dad, of course. And uh, so yeah, it's, it's a special weekend. It is. You know, this is like, you know, you know. I always when you compare it to Mother's Day, you know, people go all out. You know, they yeah. have the platinum food. If they could, you know, how they have the. The, the gold shavings of chocolate they put up. People be going mm-hmm. out buying all kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. everybody co- go to church with the big hats, and they have mm-hmm. giveaways and gift certificates, mm-hmm. and you know, and then the fathers, you all are just like the unsung parent out of the bunch. We really are. I mean, <laughs> even like in the stores, we don't even get our own sale in the store. I mean... <laughs> Man, they don't give y'all the love. Y'all don't no. get that kind of love. Y'all mm-hmm. get the Mother's Day sales, and we get we mm-hmm. get we got to share our sales with, with, with graduates, with grads and dads. It's like what? <laughs> I don't get my own. You know sales. what? It's <laughs> it's so messed up. It's so messed up. And you know what? You know, I thank God for you know they they actually pay attention to Juneteenth, and they're trying mm-hmm. to make this thing a national holiday. But mm-hmm. it's like, man, Father's Day is right there, and y'all get dogged out again. We get dogged out. We get dogged out on the gifts. <laughs> You know, moms get taken out to dinner, get yep, yep. five day. Uh, right. what, what do we get? A tie. So y'all get a tie, <laughs> some socks, socks, a hammer. No, I'm about. Uh, you know what? I'm about to make you laugh. I'm about to make you laugh. Okay. I was talking to. I guess I could say that I was talking to my girlfriend, and. Mm-hmm. She was telling me that they were talking one time with her mom and, you know, her siblings and all of this, trying to figure out, what are we going to get dad for Father's Day? And the mom suggested, oh, let's just get him some boiled peanuts and a Pepsi. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I said, what? And she was like, you know what? He's so simple and so easy to please. 
you know, he'll be completely fine with that. And her kids had to tell her, Mom, no, we're not going to do this. I mean, even though he, you know, he's not going to fuss about it, we're going to try to step it up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I think you don't really hear a lot from us about it. I I joked about the dads and grads, but in reality, most of us, I can't speak for all of us, some of us are divas, you know. But (laughs) most dads, Uh we're... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're, pretty, we're pretty laid back and pretty pretty easy to please. I mean, as long as our kids are yeah. happy, you know, the family's taken care of, we, uh, everything's provided, the bills are paid, then, you know, we really just want to kind of want to spend some time with the family. Or even, you know, maybe just take a day off, you know, be able to sit and watch, you know, watch a game on TV or uh, actually watch what we want to watch. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, not be fixing something. Uh, but no, nah, we're, we're we're pretty uh, easy to please for the most part. Most guys I know of don't ask for a whole. I know I don't. I know I'm usually asking, "What do you want for Father's Day? What do you want for Christmas?" or whatever. I'm like, whatever. You know, I'm not I'm not real picky about it. Uh, every now and then, I might want something specific, but it's rare. Like, you know, I remember one year for my birthday, I wanted a specific cookbook. And I know that sounds odd, but I like to cook. And so, <laughs> I just like said it. And so I was like, that's going to sound weird. <laughs> <laughs> Backstory like on cookbook? <laughs> so, you might remember, there was this, there was this show um, on TV1 called, um, uh, what is it? it was, I don't remember the name of the show, but the, the, uh, the chef was this guy named G. Garvin. He had a cooking show on TV1. Mm-hmm. And I wanted his cookbook because I liked this stuff that he would do on the cooking show. And so, you know, he would make like these simple recipes, but they would be, you know, cool. I said, okay, yeah, I can do that. He like really made you feel like you can cook. Right. Um, But yeah. So going on that line, going on that line, Charles, Mm -hmm. if there's one thing that you could dispel about uh, fatherhood that maybe, you know, because sometimes people, I think nowadays because, Women are so independent. I can make my own money. I'm educated. You know, I can -hmm. can pay my own bills. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the role of a father sometimes is uh, downplayed. Okay. And from your view and and going off of that and the whole thing about fathers sometimes being unsung, is there something that you could say that you can dispel, like a negative thing that some people may hold about fatherhood? Hmm. Um. I don't know of any. Uh, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a real subjective question. I mean, it all depends on. It who is. You and so. It's that uh, too. <laughs> um. So I don't know. I really don't know. Um. Anything. I'm trying to think of something that is like commonly thought of as negative about fatherhood. Um. And I can't think of anything. I mean, it's a lot of work. Of course, you know, I'm a, for those who, I don't know, who haven't been listening to us, uh, I'm a dad. I have two boys. And no, I mean, it's work. And I from you know, uh-huh. when, you know, my first son was born, uh, that was, you, you learned that real quick, that being a parent is work. Uh, it's the most work uh-huh. you're ever going to do in your life. And so, uh, but it's also the most rewarding job you're ever going to have yeah. like there is no job more rewarding more rewarding than being a parent um and so it's a lot of work but it's worth it because you watch them grow up you you know you watch them develop 
from, you know, from infants to toddlers to, you know, elementary age. You know, my oldest is seven now, and he's, he's doing stuff. And, you know, he's getting bigger and, you know, he's coming up with little ideas and it's fun to watch. And, um, even like for me, you know, having boys, uh, I get to relive my childhood, so to speak, uh, through them because I get to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get to play with the toys, you know, for a while, my oldest was in the trains. And so I got to play with all the trains. He was into all the whole Thomas things. So we had the whole train set and all the trains and all that. And we would go to like the little Thomas show up in Spencer, uh, North Carolina, when Thomas comes every year. So we would go to that, and that's pretty fun. Uh, then he was in the Transformers for a little while. So, you know, I got to do all that. <laughs> so <laughs> play with the Transformers and like the little race cars. And like now right. he's into, right, so now he's into Nintendo. So, so that's cool. I mean, so as far as negatives, I mean, other than the fact that it's a lot of hard work and you have to make some sacrifices, like you can't always rest when you want to rest because, you know, you have because you can't just go to bed and say, OK, y'all turn the lights off when y'all <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> you can't just leave the kids up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when so they go to sleep, you can't go to sleep. And you may be tired because you might have had a hard day at work, uh, but you got to be up with them until it's their bedtime. Uh, you got to, you know, give them masks or, you know, uh, well, not right now because the parks are closed, but, you know, they might want to, hey, daddy, can we go to the park and take them to the park and run around with them there? Although, again, you've already run around all day at work. So, mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but, um but you still do it because you love your kids and, you know, you want them to be happy right. and, you know, to spend that quality time with you. So, um, so no, unfortunately, I don't have any negatives. <laughs> As a dad, you know, when you were figuring, figuring things out, because we're all figuring out as first-time parents, you know, you, you, you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out what works and what doesn't work and what's going to work for you. Can you say there may have been some things that you saw? Yeah, I'm just going to let that slide. I ain't even going to worry about it. It'll be all right. Um. Yeah. Um, so you. <laughs> I mean, you know, of course, I had to kind of think back over seven years of fatherhood so far, and um, so yeah, there are definitely things. First of all, and before I even get into that, uh, when I had my first child, I really didn't. Just, you know, I mean, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of my friends that congratulate me. Oh, you're such a great dad. Yeah. When I first came into this, I knew nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. I barely knew how to hold a baby properly. So, you know, I was very nervous when my son was born because I didn't know anything. And, of course, being the nerd that I am, uh, I read all the books, the, you know, what to expect when you're expecting and uh, it's another book. But anyway, I read like three books, at least three, four books on parenting, uh, what to do when your child gets sick, this is uh, just a list of them. They're still on my bookshelf right now. And uh, you know how much those books help? Probably yeah. about, they have a little bit, about 10 to 15%. So all those books could have been pamphlets. They really could have. So. Yeah. And you know what? They try to get us to get books and stuff. Oh, you should get a book. I'm like, I'm not doing none of that. I'm going to take this class that's paid for by, mm-hmm. um, by my insurance, and mm-hmm. that's going to be one day for four hours, and I really want to go in there and talk about what's going to happen on the day. That's all mm-hmm. I care about. 
That's all I care about. That's what my questions are because every piece of information that I had mm-hmm. was information from my sister who is 10 years older than me and mm-hmm. her, 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 her baby is, is practically 20 years old. So that was a long time ago and things have changed since then. Yeah. So like I said, yeah, I mean, they helped a little bit. I mean, I won't say they had mm-hmm. but uh, like, you know, for example, like what to do when your baby gets sick, that helps some because it helped me be a lot more calm when the baby did get sick and kind of have some idea yeah. of what might be going on. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, because every kid is different. I, I even noticed differences between my two. I mean, from my oldest mm-hmm. and my youngest, and they're different. They're very different. Some things that, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave alone. Uh, for example, uh, <laughs> when they start crawling around, so you always say, and for the, all the, the non-parents that this is something you might want to, you know, take notes on, uh, don't rush it. When they're infants and they're hand babies, they're newborns, let them be new. I can't wait for them to crawl. I can't wait for not. No, <laughs> yes, you can. You can no. wait. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when they start crawling, they start moving around, hey, that's when it gets real because um, <laughs> before then, on and popping, right? You can sit them down anywhere. You can do, you know, you can cook dinner or do laundry, and they're gonna be there when you get back. They're not going anywhere. But once they start crawling and walking, hey, you are you you gonna be chasing them all day, every day, and so <laughs> so um and so one thing you know I noticed is. Once uh, I remember my son started crawling, my oldest, and you have to, we lived in an apartment at the time, and, you know, you we vacuum in like three times a day because uh, you want to make sure everything's up off the floor. There's nothing on the floor they can put in their mouths or whatever. And so, and kids, you know, they don't care. They'll eat anything anywhere. And so you get to mm-hmm. a point, man, when you see them pick up a Cheerio, it's like, you know what? This ain't going to kill you. Get a guy. So... <laughs> When you know you didn't have that floor clean. And so I was like, okay, why? how did he get this? Where did it come from? So, yeah. So that was one of those things you just let slide. Like, whatever. You know what? And he's still alive. He's seven now. So it didn't kill him. Yeah. So. <laughs> Not that I make a habit of let my kids eat off the floor, but sometimes you just, okay. <laughs> you can't catch all of them. You just give up. You give up because you're like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired. Yes. I knew I just swept and vacuumed over there. I don't know where he found that from. You know what? Uh, Go ahead. It'll be good for you. Go ahead. Right, right. That helped build up your immune system. Go I ahead. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, guys, with this episode, uh, I know we kind of uh, kind of kicked it a little bit, but we got some cool things coming up. Uh, we have an interview with Tia's dad coming up, so we're looking forward to that. Um, and we're just going to talk a little bit about that. And we have some special Father's Day shout outs from you guys uh, that you guys yeah. have sent in, so looking forward to those. So check those out. Some of you are going to hear yourself. Um, yeah, um, back like the like on the Mother's Day episode, uh, so. What's, uh, and I asked you a similar question, let me ask you this, what's something, uh, I guess one thing that you can say that you learned from your dad? The biggest thing I could say is my dad, he is a great storyteller and he's been through a lot. He's experienced a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and it still surprises me to this day how many people my dad know. It doesn't matter 
because he's lived, you know, in Connecticut. He's lived in New York. He's lived pretty much all up and down the East Coast of mm-hmm. the United States. So we can, he can be driving somewhere and just randomly stop at a gas station to get some gas, and he usually sees somebody that he knows. I don't know how, mm-hmm. how that works out. It just happens, and that really shows me that my daddy, he – obviously made some lasting, um, a a very good impression on people for them to remember him. And also he, he actually made some comrades in the, from the war and everything else, you know, and our Mm -hmm. family is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that probably more than I answered, gave you more than what you asked for, but Mm -hmm. those are some things that I learned from him. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll answer my own question. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I, I actually didn't think about this ahead of time, but um, just on just off the top of my head, uh, I would say one thing that I learned from my dad is to treat everybody with the same level of respect. So, um, my dad's a minister, and he pastored I want to say for like forty years um, before he retired. And <clears throat> uh, like you were just saying, you know. It doesn't matter where we go, and I don't know how my dad knows all these people, but everybody <laughs> knows him everywhere. Like if I'm, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we if if we go out to eat. I guarantee you, while we're sitting out eating, someone's gonna walk up to the table. <laughs> hey, Rev. <laughs> <laughs> guarantee it doesn't matter where we are. Um, but, you know, people like him, people love him, people that have, I mean, people from way back. Uh, and, but, you know, watching him as a pastor and, you know, um, you know going from church to church, uh, I, I watched the way he handles people. He does, he's never been one to overload, overlord, you know, people like, you know, I'm in charge of you, I'm your boss, I'm the boss or whatever. He's always giving right, that right. voice, uh, especially kids. He's really, you know, really big on giving kids a voice and, you know, hearing what they have to say um, and really, you know, making, you know, making sure that kids are able to participate and be a part of things. And I think he, he would do that so that the kids learn uh, because mm-hmm. uh, we all know we're not going to live forever. And so he would make sure that the kids knew, you know, all the, all the, the procedures and uh, the way things were done properly and he would take time to teach the kids, uh, you know, how to do things and how uh, the proper way things should be. And he did the same thing at home. I mean, um, he taught us the proper ways to do things as far as um, how to behave, how to fix things around the house. Uh, it's amazing how, how much I learned as a kid that I didn't even realize I was learning uh, just from being around him and hanging out with him and crawling under the house with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fixing things. Um, one of the things that, you know, he had me do a lot uh, as a kid was holding the flashlight. And I was like, oh, I don't want to hold this flashlight. But <laughs> what I didn't realize at the time <laughs> was that I was learning. So we're going to jump into this interview with, Mm-hmm. He's dad. Um, Tia, you introduce it, if you don't mind, and just tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear. Sure. On the Mother's Day episode, you heard Charles um, had an interview with his mom about her journey 
with being a hairstylist and what all it took in the moxie she had to make that happen. So likewise, on this Father's Day episode, I had the opportunity to interview my dad and we had a chance to talk about his whole experience. So um, get ready. You're going to learn a lot about him becoming a barber. You're going to learn about what shaped him to be a businessman and um, his trials and tribulations with being drafted in the military. You know, I'm calling you because we are doing a show in honor of Father's Day. And my co-host actually interviewed his mom, who is a beautician, for Mother's Day. So now it's my time. So let's just get right into it. We have a lot of stories of entrepreneurship in our family. So it seems logical that a lot of family members would follow those footsteps. Where did that come from? Well, I think that we inherited that at the beginning of our family life. That the majority of that behave business, you know, always been selling different items toward the customer. And I came up under that tradition of that, you know, being around them and and being a salesman toward them and. When I was in high school, I wrote, they had all us to write down what we like to become once we graduate and get out in the outside world. And I wrote down that I would like to have my own business. And, mm. and I like the idea of being a salesman toward the customer. And uh, as I progress on through life, and one of my old teachers came to me. I forgot about what I wrote down. And she told me, say, Mr. Wright, say, you know what? I never forget when you wrote down on that form that what we itch out, what you like to become. And you say you like to become a business person. And say, it came true. And it was a blessing, you know, because I didn't realize that it would come true you know but it did and I was in my business now for 40 something years and all of that was from would you say high school well it started from high school I had a, mm-hmm. I had a mind of being a business person but you know as I progressed on into life then I went and took up three of business administration stuff and then I went on and bought my own business, and I started off from there, which had already been in my mind to become a business person all along, ever since I was a kid. So everything came true. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about our family. What was your first business? Did you did you do anything as a kid as far as, um, like, uh, I keep thinking about lemonade stands or selling produce because I know our family were farmers. No, the only this work under my father, you know, when we came along, uh, doing our family tradition, we were the farmer. 
we came up on the farm, and the black people back then, you know, didn't have much, very poor. They had large family. And so my father, he ended up, you know, being a bootlegger, what they call it, selling moonshine. And, <laughs> and, and then um, ended up, I was one of the key members that helping him, a little young kid, because they've been interested in doing that, you know, and, and it, it teach me how to cooperate with customers and how to treat customers. And you must have that unique manner of how to deal with a customer. And then that will create more business for you when you know how to treat people. That That is the basic. Mm-hmm. So you actually saw Granddad um, and the family, you, he took you under his wing, so you had a chance to see him conduct business, and that that's how that seed was planted in you. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're a black man born in the 1940s in rural South Carolina. You're a veteran, you served in the U.S. Army, and you fought in the Vietnam War. Out of everything you went through, Dad, out of everything, you know, being a black man born in the 40s, you've seen the civil rights movement. You were in your 20s when Dr. King was assassinated. Plus, you know, being flown over the fight in the Vietnam War and surviving that. Can you say the things you experienced as a black man and also fighting in a war, Do you, can you say some of those experiences prepared you for the ups and downs of being a business owner? Uh, yes. Um, during the, the period of time of the uh, Vietnam conflict, there was a lot of racial thing going on in in the world. Same as it is today, but I think it was a little worse. And we all have to pull together in the service to fight the war in Vietnam and everybody, you know, have to come together because everyone's life was at stake that uh, we have to look out for each other. The one that, you know, that disagree and want to do ignorant things, they get punished or uh, someone will knock them off. But we also have some some of the soldiers, black soldiers, in um, the wartime, they got shot by our own military. Yeah, mm-hmm. by a racist thing with no one looking to get shot. You know, and wow. no one know what happened. So those things are going on. Mm. Wow. So going through all of that, it really did prepare you for whatever having a business to throw at you because that's a lot to digest. That's right. Dad, do you remember when you came back from the war? Did they have a parade for you all? No, they didn't give us a parade or nothing. We didn't get no respect at all. We came back, we landed in San Francisco. And the only thing they did is got us on the plane ever, whatever. When time that plane to come back, to, uh, let me see, we were laying at uh, New York. And that been it. Mm. Wow. Not even a, we thank you or... Nothing. Wow. 
And see, now they give them big parade and all kind of thing. But uh, 50 years ago or more, we didn't get nothing. We didn't get no recognition. All of that fighting we did going through, all that stinking swamp war and stuff like that, getting shoot at and all like that, we didn't get nothing. A hard way to go. Yeah. And let me bring this to your attention too. These 66 is still a lot of races going on, which it is now. And uh, black people didn't stand a chance out. But well, you notice when I was in Vietnam, which you see in the picture, I'm surrounded by all white. They got me all hugged up and stuff like that. And all of us were friends and together. And because of my ability and my training, what I had, they want to be my friend, want me to save them. Cause I, I, I went through some stuff and I saved a lot of them. We had a big, big uh, staff sergeant, black guy, he been for North Carolina, I forgot his name. We got hit with mold around and stuff in a mud hole and <laughs> thing. We ran with a bunker and he couldn't make it cause he, he might six, six, we about 380-something pounds. He couldn't, and I'm in my bunker high. He hollering, calling me. Right, I'm on a PLC, hollering, calling me, telling me help. <laughs> and you know what I told her? I said, help you. <laughs> <laughs> all, them, all them bullets, them things coming, you don't know where they hit that. Boom, boom, all right. But he, but he, Somehow he made it from all of that open. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. made it about that. You think I'm getting killed out there. And your big man weigh almost 400 pounds. And I'm going to go out there sliding down that mood. I'm going to pull him help him. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so fast forward to you. You know, you came back from Vietnam. You started back working. And... Then you decided, okay, I'm going to go to college. I want to get my um, my business, my things for business, so I can open up me uh, a club. How did how how was that process? Well, what happened? Uh, I worked. I, I, when I came and got my got my first job, I went to Hartford, Connecticut. And I uh, work at Pratt and Whitney Aircraft. Uh, they make an airplane engine and stuff. They're in Hartford, Connecticut. I worked there about two years. And my father took very sick. And so they called and sent for me. Tell them I have to come home and then run the business that they had because my brother was too young and, and they ain't nobody else. And, which always favored them, and and I, I was the cause why they got the business through by the access of my little money thing. I had to send down to them when I was in Vietnam and got the place. And uh, I, I I came back home and stayed about a year and and uh, run the place. And so I decided, well, I'm going back to New York. Um, 
I left. I didn't go back to practicing with the aircraft because we have to go through all the process again. Now, this I ain't going that far to go to New York with a rough part of my family stuff. And I went to New York and I ended up working at United Parcel Service and working on that assembly line and stuff like that. And that been a pretty rough job. It paying good and ain't good benefit, but you work, work, work. You better believe it. So I moved back home and I ended up in Signed up with DuPont, got a job there. Worked there about two years, and then um, got they been working at rotation shift, all three shifts. You got you spent your time, you gotta be on. So I still saying a suit me. Now I said I need to go to church on Sunday. I'm here working on a Sunday, <laughs> that's that's a Sunday, uh, two week out a month. And so I ended up and signed a job at Union Carbide in Florence. And it was paying pretty good, you know. It paid a little less than, than DuPont right there. So um, ended up, I had better option because I was working straight less day light out. And then my mind went back to what I want to do. And that go to school, try to get me a business. And uh, I, I went on um, to night school at Florence and Darlington Technical College at night. I worked during the day and went to school at night. We went to school four nights a week. And that shows strong courage and determination for something that what you want to do. And so the government paid for my schooling, paid for my booklet and all, and and, and, and then paid me right then, just when he around about 60, what was 70, just around about 72, yeah, when it was 72. And then it paid me 400 something dollar a month. <laughs> so, and then and I that was That was through your, uh, that was through the GI? Yeah. And, GI Bill? And then, yeah, and then, you know, I'm working my job, so I could have make it like that. Young man, I could have stand there working and go to school at night. Go there for about four hours. Oh, hey, the few mm-hmm. class, maybe about five hours. Then, you know, I went there for three years. Learned a lot about business. I didn't graduate from because it been too much strain and stuff like that. And so I quit. So I know enough. So I ended up and 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 went through by the GI Bill and and signed up for a loan for a business. And they called me and took me through an interview. It been about, about five different guys that over it, you know. And uh, they went through me all the, uh, uh, all the different things that what they know about my capability. And then they say, you know what? Say this guy here, he might be young, 32 years old. Say he capable of running the building. Say what we so far what we heard what he said and what he know and thing like that. Uh, we think we'll go ahead and give him the proof. And they give him the proof that went on and I went on to build my building. And that's how it began. Mm. Mm. And as of now I still leave my business. Right. So you you applied and you got um financing was it something that the government 
helped you with? Well, they uh, they, they give me the finance, but I have to pay for that. Yeah, we will go see. It's hard to get that kind of money, you know, to pay, uh, you know, to uh, go in the business on your own. So when they give you the loan, you have to pay that money back. And I pay all mm-hmm. that money back within 15 years. They had give me 30 years to pay it back, but I pay it back in 15 years. Wow. That's right. I have this book here, and it's a very special book. Uh, it is called 1001 Things It Means to Be a Dad, Some Assembly Required by Harry H. Harrison, Jr. So this book is so special because my dad gave me this book <laughs> when I became Aww. a father. Yeah, so he gave it to me uh, when I had my first son. And it's a cool little book. And so... Read a couple of them out of it. It's broken up into sections like fathers to be, uh, toddler dads, dads and teenagers, college dads, on and on and on. And so they all start with being a dad. Being a dad means learning the hard way that a two year old has more energy than you, which is very true because <laughs> I have a two year old right now and he definitely has more energy than me. Um, Being a dad means realizing that fatherhood is cool, which it is. Being a dad means understanding that this could be the most hilarious time of your life. Uh, Also true, I told somebody that after, uh, not long after, probably my my oldest was two or three. I remember saying saying to someone that I don't think I've ever laughed this hard in my life. Like, the things that they do is just so funny, or the things that they may say. And not only your kids, but just kids in general. I mean, kids just do stuff that that is just hilarious. Like, I remember one day, my son and my nephew were uh, at their grandparents' house, and they were jumping on the bed. And so, <laughs> so I went down the hall. We heard them jumping on the bed. It was like, okay, guys, don't jump on the bed. We was like, yeah, but it's fun. I was like, okay, well, don't jump on the bed when there's no adult in the room and my nephew was like like you i'm like yeah like me (laughs) 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 so he's telling me i know you didn't just check me just now (laughs) (laughs) and they went back to jumping in the (laughs) another one uh being a dad means never trying to reason with someone who poops in his pants uh yeah, and you, you have to learn that. Like, it, you know what? That hits you one day. It's like, wait a minute. I'm arguing with somebody who can't even go to the bathroom. I'm arguing with you. And so, yeah. Being a dad means admiring scars rather than being alarmed by them. And that's very true. It's, just, it's a guy thing. I can't really explain it. Uh, ooh, wow. Cool. What you do to get that? All right. Um... <laughs> um 
being a dad means teaching that trust is given, is not earned. Uh, being a dad means teaching that actions speak louder than words. Uh, being a dad means telling stories about how you used to mow yards when you were six to earn money for college. You know, how we, you know, uh, exaggerate things. <laughs> um, being a dad means being your, your child's first coach. Being a dad yeah, means discovering yeah. that playing with your kids as they get older makes you play harder. Very true. Being a dad means telling your kids to go to bed early because they have a game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Being a dad uh, means taking your dainty little princess to a hockey game and learning she loves all the hitting. <laughs> Being a dad means making your kids think you're angrier than you really are. <laughs> you know when you do that? When they do something that's bad, but it's also funny, but you can't let them see you laugh because, you know, you, they gotta, they're supposed to be taking this seriously. And so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> being a dad means giving your kids enough rope to rebel without letting them hang themselves. There's a whole lot of, you know, a lot of little gems in it, so. This day is every day to those near, far, and soon to be. To others, you may be an individual, yet you're all the world to me. If our mothers, brothers, and children haven't told you enough, let us start and continue to say, I love you. We love you. Happy Father's Day from Dr. D. So why did you go into barbering? That's what you're doing now. Well, my wife insisted me that that I should be a preacher or a barber. And I laughed, I said, oh, I said, no, I ain't gonna be no preacher, and I know I ain't gonna be no barber. And she insisted that, that now, the government give me some kind of, some kind of grant for you to go to school and Ooh. do that. And then uh, she went and talked to some people and. And I, I thank her today for that. That ain't up all. She talked it up, got it set up, and there are many go and see those people. She said, I mean, you need to do that. And I went to see them, and then they approved me for the grant. Then I went mm-hmm. to barbering school. And I said, I know I ain't going to be no preacher. <laughs> and, so, uh, <laughs> and so I went to barbering school. And the barber school was 12 months. So I went to school uh, for eight months, and my instructor told me, say, he had never seen a person like me before come into that class and inhale everybody and catch on so quickly. And so uh, they made up platinum and, and, and stuff like that, had my name sealed on the wood year and stuff. And, then I have to go to Columbia to the Barber Association before you become mm. a barber, which you don't go to went to school. So ain't up I went to the Barber Association and you have to pass a test. And I mean that test was rough. I failed it the first time I took it. And I went back the second time to take it and I passed it. And secondly, you have to uh, bring someone of your choice to the barber examination and cut hair. 
and they mm. want to see whether you're capable of cutting hair. And so I took my uncle with me and weighed up and set him up and started doing the barbering on him. As I cut his hair half the way, and they stroked it, they walk along checking everything out with a fine toothpick, like, and then they came to me and they say, Mr. Wright, so go and get your license so you can stop right now. And that boy, I was so shocked and surprised. And the rest <laughs> of them still in there cutting hair, trying to cut this. You go ahead and get your, your barber license. And they say that was a joke, you know, by getting the barber license right there because they have to mail it to you. You have to go through the process of being mailed and stuff. And I said, me, I finished cutting my uncle hair like that. This is a show. I said, but we finished with you. And I went on finished cut my uncle hair. Leave out. So every, everything <laughs> That's good. falling in the in, in place. Right. Yeah. And you and you had that perseverance. You didn't give up. You didn't let that the fact that you failed, it, it wasn't the end of your story. You went right back and took the test. That's right. I didn't let it beat me. I went right back and I tasted. And then the, the cut and hair part was no problem. I I walked back through there. Mm-hmm. So what are the what is what is one of the things that you enjoy about being a barber? Well, I like the way I cut the style of the hair and stuff, and and it gives them that satisfaction, and they get the nice hair cut thing and and they love it, and see that 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 make you feel good when when you can do that, please people like that. And a lot of them get in the barber chair. They end up falling asleep. There's something about, you know, you give you cut my hair, so I fall asleep. I said the clipper is something like a massage in your brain by that vibration from that clipper and, and a cut in your hair. Ain't like some people, you know, cutting people's hair and thing and, 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 and clipper pulling your hair and all like that. Dull blade and all like that. You gotta, you gotta go through that process of knowing how to deal with it and have nice, clean clippers and stuff like that, and uh, and all of that mean a lot, and uh, yeah, and, 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 and your mental hygiene gotta be pleasant to them. You gotta be smelling good and stuff like that. Like I seen some barber that's filthy, all this that and half cutting people hair. They don't cut the hair out the nose, the air. They go and get a hair cut and they miss out for doing all of that. All of that's supposed to go in with it. And they haven't come out looking like someone, feeling proud about themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So, this is a Father's Day special, so I have to ask you, what is one of the greatest joys of being a father? Well, my greatest joy of being a father to have a unique daughter, an understanding daughter, and to listen when she coming to problem. She come and sit down and talk to me, and I can give her firm advice because I'm older, I'm her father, and I went through some things 
that I can tell her things that would brighten her knowledge in her life on things. So that's what I like about it. So we can sit down and talk and understand one another. It's not like mm-hmm. I see some family come up with a kid uh, being rude and stuff and, and nothing but trouble, getting in all kind of trouble and disrespectful and stuff like that. That's not good. That's not showing love in God, I should say. So that's what I'm thankful. I'm thankful to having my daughter and her family and my husband and my granddaughter come and we can sit down and we can talk and we enjoy each other and have a good meal together. That's the main <laughs> thing. <laughs> And we enjoy every time we come down to visit, and I love your stories. <laughs> I always walk away with something different when I visit. Maybe it's something that we're talking about, and I pick up a little nougat of wisdom that you, you're dropping to me. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so with everything that's going on right now, you know, with the protests, you know, with COVID, quarantine, do you have anything, like something very brief and simple that you can give for our black fathers out there or fathers in general, for fathers that? It's very dangerous. And we all got to be careful how we care ourselves. We're the mayor. Use the sanitizer and stuff and keep the air where you wrong spray. And 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 that and don't get close toward no one too close there, you're distant away. And you gotta be very careful. And then uh, in addition to this COVID virus what going on, we came up with this racial stuff. Wish that it that ever did been four hundred years ago, and uh, and it just ridiculous, you know. That, that people, I'm surprised that the people in the world, a lot of them haven't changed since all of these years. Since I was here about seventy four years, seventy four years, almost seventy five years, and too many of them ain't changed yet. They came up being hateful and have this racist thing in them for what reason we all created equally and we should be living together and enjoying our life because all of us only have a short time here and God loves all of us and he want to see us get along together and live our life the best as possible because we all are his children, and and he just like what's going on. Uh, the cops, they getting out of hand. Our president, I feel sorry for him. He need prayer, because there's something wrong with that guy. And I disapprove of his accusation as he uh, promoted himself over the news and stuff. He don't have no respect for the country. And and and, and I, I I just I just feel sorry for that guy because he need help and he will pay in the long run. And he think he ain't, but God gonna punish him. 
because so many people being hurted and the way he's treating our American people. It's, it's, it's mobicide black, it's white too he's treating that way. You watch the demonstration, you have so much white in the demonstration protesting is black because they're sick and tired. Much. 75% of them now is sick and tired of what's going on. We all got to live together and we have yeah. a home. Joy for time on this earth. That's right. Well, Dad, I'm not going to take any more of your time. I thank you for doing this interview for me, uh, for doing it for our listeners. Um, I can't wait to share it with everybody. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> So happy Father's Day, Dad. Okay. And you and your family, be sweet, and I love you all. I love you, Dad. Okay. All right. Bye. Yeah, I really enjoyed the interview with your dad. That was cool. He's a pretty Uh, cool guy. He is. And he's a great storyteller, too. He's, he's had a full life. He's been through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, he has. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you guys haven't even heard the whole story. Like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going to post a full interview uh, online uh, later. But, yeah, the whole story is like, whoa. Um, yeah, and I and, and I'll say this too. Um, what Charles is talking about is, you know, my dad paints this picture. Um, he tells his time of being drafted to go serve in the military. You mm-hmm. know how he tried to, you know, not get drafted by intentionally failing the test, but still ended up getting drafted. His time in, you know, uh, training camp, getting prepared for Vietnam going over there to serve in Vietnam and then coming back and not really having, um, like most of the Vietnam veterans, they didn't have a hero welcoming parade. They didn't have Mm -hmm. any of that stuff. So that is like what Charles says. It's a separate thing that we're going to post on online so you guys can actually go listen Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. But this is a show you would not want to miss because it is very colorful and that'll give you a a clearer picture of what – you know, the conversation with a lot of people are saying that a lot of black people are disrespectful of the flag. They're not respecting their country. On the contrary, they're, they're the most patriotic people that you're going to find in this country. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad, you know, he's still around and that he's experienced so many things that, you know, he can tell you guys about. And also, you know, um, I think it's cool that, you know, he's clearly influenced, you know, the, the rest of the family uh, with, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit and just kind of, you know, as I say, taking the bull by the horns and just never giving up, always persevering uh, despite, mm-hmm. you know, the things that he's dealt with throughout his life. But um, so that's really cool. Yeah. So cool. Thanks to you for that interview. Um <clears throat> So as we wrap up, like I said, we got some uh, Father's Day shout-outs coming uh, for you guys. Um, I guess finally the last thing I'll say about being a dad, um, I think being a dad has made me a better person. I know, right? Mm-hmm. So 
Um, I think it's made me a better person because you're always an example for your kids. And, you know, kids do what they see. And I can't speak for everybody, but I know I always want to set, you know, a positive example for my kids. And so, you know, sometimes, like, when you're in traffic and you might want to have some road rage, you know, you'll kind of <laughs> dial that back because you see, you know, you look in the mirror and see this little eyes looking at you in the back seat. It's right. Like, you <laughs> like, you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, or even like, you know, in person, you know, someone, I don't know, may be rude in the store or, you know, uh, giving some bad customer service where you might, you know, let them have it in the store and the restaurant or you kind of chill out because you got your kids with you. And so um, right. you won't do that. And so also both my boys love church. And so, um, yeah. so it's made me, I guess, be more involved. Again, uh, you know, we do our prayers at night, and they look forward to that part of the, of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my oldest plays piano, and um, he plays, you know, a lot of um, uh, gospel songs or spiritual songs and that kind of thing. My youngest is singing songs, you know, <coughs> Jesus Loves Me and all that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I can't just, you know, just, I don't know, I can't just do just anything. And... Um, so I've become real conscious of, of who I am. Not that I was just some, you know, I don't know, bug out here running around doing any and everything, saying any and everything, and foul mouth. I'm not. I wasn't. I've never been like that anyway. But, but I won't say that I've never let a four-letter word slip here or there. Uh, <laughs> Haven't we all, Charles? Haven't we all? <laughs> but, <laughs> But they've been much farther and fewer between now that, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, like I don't cuss around my kids. Uh, you just, I don't think they've ever heard me cuss before. So it's kind of, it's made me, like I said, much more conscious of my behavior and who I am and what kind of mm-hmm. example I'm setting for them. So, um, so that's been a positive. It's, it's really pushed me in a more positive direction. And I've heard yeah, that, you know. There's something about parenthood that does yeah. that. It, it makes you clean up your act. Exactly. You have to live by example. But yeah, you're right. That's parenthood in general. Um, that forces you to kind of do that. So um, mm-hmm. any final words here? Well, before we go, I was going to say, your oldest is really good in that piano. Yeah, he is. He's that, that, I'm telling you, that keyboard we gifted him, how old was he? He was two? I think he might have been I two. I can't now. remember how- and we gave him a keyboard, and who knew? <laughs> I'm not saying that was the catalyst, but I'm just saying that's just, wow. He's really good. He's really good. And I'm always impressed at, at, at how great he's getting. Every time you post where he's, um, he's, he's doing a recital or he has some type of performance, he's so confident in it. I can hear how he's growing in it. That's yeah, really good. And- yeah, he's really good. He's pretty, he still amazes me. And that confidence, speaking of which, um, it kind of gets me sometimes and it, it kind of makes me a little nervous because every time he has a recital, he's really bad about not wanting to rehearse. And so it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you got to rehearse, you got to practice because you got a recital, recital coming up, it's this week, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, and so he'll, you know, he'll just kind of halfway do it. And so uh, we got to go in this recital, he's going to shame me. And so. <laughs> <laughs> but then he gets up there and kills it. And so it's like, 
Okay, well, you know. So I've learned <laughs> so I've mm-hmm. learned to kind of be more confident in him and not underestimate him and not under not underestimate his ability because he's he is good and clearly he knows he's good. And yeah. he's like, Yeah, I don't need to do all this practice and stuff. I'm gonna kill it when I get up there on the stage anyway. And that's exactly <laughs> what he does. So, so <laughs> <laughs> Before we leave, um, what are you doing for Father's Day? I don't have any plans right now. Um, of course, you know with the quarantine, the quarantine and all that, or the shutdown. Um, uh, I know some restaurants are opening back up, and but we're not eating out in any restaurants. Y'all can have that, Rona. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I agree with that a thousand percent. <laughs> so most likely we're just gonna be at home. Um, we're probably gonna, you know, zoom with our dads. Um, whatever surprises they might have for me at home, I don't know. But um, uh, what about you? Yeah, you know what? I got hit with the double whammy because not mm. only is it Father's Day, but it's also his birthday. Oh wow. It's all on the same day. But yeah. um, I do want to I want to wish you, Charles, a very restful and happy Father's Day. You know, my personal feelings, some of you, like I said before, some of you guys just don't get the credit that you deserve. And it's probably because you guys are so low-key. Mm. But, you know, I thank you. I want to say a special happy Father's Day for all fathers out there. I see you guys out there taking care of these kids, you know, um, <laughs> you know, being that role model, you know, even if you, even if you didn't have a, you know, it's not your seed, that's not your child, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you're an uncle or you're a big mm-hmm. cousin, or um, maybe you're doing something with boys and girls clubs, you know, thank you. If nobody else is going to tell you that, thank you. And a special Father's Day shout out to my husband, Eric, and a happy birthday to him. I guess he'll have to wait and see what we have in store for him this weekend. But, yeah, I really do appreciate you all, and I'm so happy that I have you in my circle because I know I know the type of man that you are, Charles, and you are a very caring and doting father. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, to piggyback uh, on that, um, happy Father's Day also, and I'll be calling him, but, you know, also to my dad, um, and my brothers, both of my brothers are also dads. And so, um, so my dad, my brothers, um, so your husband, Eric, cool guy, great dad. Um, and you know, all of our, all of our, everybody, all the dads out there, uh, like you said, a lot of times the guys do kind of, a dads get a, a hard way to go sometimes because there are, you know, some out there who aren't, you know, doing uh, what they could or should be doing, and but uh, you know it is what it is what it is. Um, but they're still dads, and um, so you know, happy Father's Day to them for the ones who aren't doing what they could or should be doing. Hopefully, you know, today or someday in the very near future, you know, that will turn around, and they will start to be you know those those dads to their kids and, and involved in their kids' lives, and so. Because it is an important job. Uh, yeah. Um, good episode. Um, so coming up, we got some uh, Father's Day shout-outs from some of you guys. Um, <laughs> I got a message from a friend of mine earlier. So shout-out to Topeka Simpson. Uh, she left a message, but then she hit me up later. She said, hey, I forgot to say my name. And so <laughs> 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 so, 
So shout out to you, Tamika. And um, she also gave me a shout out and her um, Father's Day shout out. So I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Um, really good friend of mine, really cool person. Um, and everyone else, everyone else who left a message. Um, so happy Father's Day to your dads and husbands and uh, boyfriends, whoever else you were shouting out uh, in your messages. So hope you guys have a great Father's Day weekend. And uh, we will see you guys next time. All right. See you next time. Thank you for listening. You can find us at our website, afroslocks.biz, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at afroslocksbiz. Be sure to join in the discussion on our Facebook group, send us an email, or leave a voicemail message. Also, be sure to tune in for our next episode. This episode was edited by Tia Brown, and our theme music is Sour Soup by Jeff. See you soon. Bye-bye. Happy Father's Day, Terry. We are honored and blessed to have you in our lives. I love you. I love you. Happy Father's Day, Dada. I want to give a shout out to the two greatest fathers of my life. Um, my father, uh, my Lord Miles. Um, such a great father and continues to be one. And also Eric Curry, the love of my life, my one and only. Um, a great father to his sons as well as our son that we share together. I also want to give a shout out to all the fathers out there, all the great fathers who are really changing lives and, and um, shaping these men into protectors and providers um, for the future, as well as some of the bomb moms that have to do that father job as well. So happy Father's Day to everybody. Thank you so much. Hello guys, I just wanted to come on today and wish you all a very happy Father's Day. This is your day, so celebrate, be safe, and enjoy. I'd like to send a happy Father's Day shout out to my father, Selmore Lucky. I appreciate everything you've done for me and I love you. And a happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the world. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you from Lacey. Happy Father's Day. Hey, this is Nicole Evans from Appeal Salon and Spa. I want to wish everyone a happy Father's Day. Thank you so much to Afros and Locks for doing this. And I want to take this time out just to wish my husband, David Evans, a very special happy Father's Day. I can't thank God enough for you being the man that you are, for the way you lead our family, for the way you guide our son in particular, but the way you've watched over us and just all the sacrifices that you've made for us over the years. I just want you to know that we appreciate everything that you do and that it doesn't go unseen, nor does it go unappreciated. I ask God to continually watch over you and keep you and may you be blessed to see many, many more happy Father's Day. Again, happy Father's Day to all fathers and God bless.
Happy Father's Day, everyone. I'd like to give a shout out to my uncles, cousins, and friends that are rock star dads. A special shout out to the men in heaven like my grandfather and especially my perfect man, my dad. We love and miss you. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Davis, the king of our castle. My husband is like gold to his daughters. Our jackpot, our superhero, our king. We thank you for being you and for all that you do. Love you and happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers and the father figures out there. You're both needed and appreciated. Special Father's Day shouts out are extended to the following. My daddy, Freddie Davis, who is my first love. He's such an amazing and a supportive father. He truly loves and sacrifices for his family. I could not have been blessed with a better dad. To my husband, Chris Simpson, for all that he does in coaching and training, and especially in raising our nephew, for being a shining example for you. To my brothers, Derek and Mario Davis, for the awesome fathers that they are. I love the example my father set and the fact that they're following that example. They are such remarkable men and they're amazing fathers to my nieces and nephews. And to Charles Eady for being such a caring and loving father and for creating this great platform. I really have some incredible fathers in my life. Happy Father's Day to all and thanks for being such an essential part of the village. Hi, my name is Shaquilla Boyd, and I'd like to shout out my dad, Darnell Holloman. Thank you so much for being the amazing man that you are and taking care of our family, taking care of me and my brother growing up and showing us what a real man is supposed to do for his family. I hope you have an awesome Father's Day, and I hope you can come over and help me fix some stuff up in my house. <laughs> Happy Father's Day!